greetings, everyone. <laughs> it's the top of the hour, and we're back on 372 pages. The current temperature here is 29 degrees below zero, so bundle up. Hey, hey everyone, Mike Nelson here. Connor, how are you? I, I rarely get to do the uh, kicking back with both feet on the table cigar laugh uh, weather-wise. Uh, it's nice to be able to do that from the balmy 18 degrees that we have here. Oh, yeah. We are, we are currently, as we record this, one of them polar vortexes, which I had never heard of until I reached, you know, like 50 years of age. It seems a new thing. Yeah, I don't think my uh, I don't think my grandfather was going out to shovel the to shovel the walk in his mink uh, for floor length fur coats that you know men wore, thinking like, oh, the polar vortex. Like I, I get back from <laughs> Normandy and now this. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just that term. I'm you know I've I've been in cold my whole life, but it just seems like weathermen like to come up. They like to reach into the glossary and like popularize one. And polar vortex is shall I say, white hot right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it all started with El Nino, probably, right? Uh, yeah, that, and I remember there's a, a phrase, duratios, which are a, a <laughs> oh, certain yeah. kind of storm that has like a downdraft or something. But I'd never heard of that till you know, a couple of years ago either, so. Well, now that like, every, every cold snap like this now has a Weather Channel assigned name. Um, you know, I think we had Storm Bryce last week and uh, those that, that that gets a settle down from me. Yes, I don't think that was happening until Byron Allen bought the Weather Channel. <laughs> Byron Allen, <laughs> did you know that? I I heard that the other day, and I thought I think it was on a podcast or something, and I assumed someone was just putting me on, <laughs> or that it's just a guy named Byron Allen. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like we could have probably bought the Weather Channel. Was it a bargain? I don't know, but I mean Byron Allen. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess. I, you know, there's some people, uh, you know, who are secretly wealthy and you only learn later. You know, there's there was like a composer who he worked for an insurance company and was filthy rich. And then, you know, he's just like, what, that guy? <laughs> well, I'm like making a second job, you know? I'm making assumptions about his net worth based on the fact that uh, he was a, a running joke on Norm MacDonald Weekend Update in the mid-90s. So that's <laughs> that's prob right. pro probably not what the IRS goes by. Well, anyway, this is not a uh, a weather talk, nor is it a Byron Allen rumors podcast. Although that would be pretty great. Uh, we uh, on this show, uh, I'm Michael J. Nelson. I, I Connor, you heard his first name, Connor Lestoka. We work over at Rift Tracks doing uh, funny, goofy stuff, and then uh, we started this podcast where we read through books that we will probably dislike. Yes, and so far the showing has been strong. Yeah, it's been pretty much a four for four um, uh, in the department. We did our uh, Ready Player One, which we strongly disliked. We did Armada, which we strongly disliked. We did uh, The Eye of Argon by Jim Tice, which we which we liked, but it, we obviously realized it was not good. And we, you know, it, we liked it because of the, the bad things about it. And then we did Tech War, which was definitely bad. And I think we disliked, but it was a fun read. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. The Jim Tice book uh, was a delight to read, but we are not going to be giving it to our beloved grandmother right. for Christmas or to Uncle right. Jim or anything like that. 
Right. My, for a long time, my mom was giving everyone uh, everyone she met copies of a book called Einstein's Dreams, which were sort of like a guy like, you know, this is how different ways we could look at time, you know, all about relativity. And it was a, you know, a tiny little book, but she, that was sort of her go-to, like going over to someone's house gift. That's not going to be the IFR gone. <laughs> no, <laughs> you would do that to someone you want to, uh, you know, cause them to be very puzzled for a long time and wonder, right. does that guy hate me? Or does he <laughs> think I'm funny? Just if you're, it's a, it would be an odd prank to give that to anyone. Yes, you leave it in a paper bag on someone's doorstep and light it on fire, and then they come out and stomp on it. Um, I don't think that the next book we're going to be doing is going to be uh, is going to be a hostess gift either. Uh, I, uh, I, I I don't know even how to start this. Uh, why don't you, Why don't you well, you cook this up? I and uh, I, so, I received yeah. it in the mail with no notice, no memory in my mind that you were going to send it. And so I, I peeled open a book with just the Amazon label inside, and that was it. And for about 10 minutes, Bridget and I just puzzled this out, <laughs> trying so, to figure out what this is. So yeah, this is this was a book. I'll, we'll hold off on the reveal for until we get some details in there. But uh, uh, a reader su- suggested it, and I don't remember who and I don't remember when, but uh, if, you, if you were that person, speak up. But I, I had it sort of in my back of my mind for a while, and... Uh, we finished Tech War, and I decided to send it to you. So I'm just going to read some of the uh, some of the chats you sent me um, when you had just opened it. You started off with, uh, "Got the book? What in the name of hell?" <laughs> in Tarobang. Uh, then you said, "Yeah, there was a good ten minutes of puzzlement for Bridget and me because she retrieved it." So I guess Bridget went and opened up the package and was just like, you know, thought that you were in the middle of. Uh, receiving like michael douglas the game type of packages from people who are putting you through some trial uh and you then you then you doubled down on what in the name of hell he said it looks like to be an insane person like wesley willis he said read around the typos it's madness it's unfathomable what in the name of hell does this mean <laughs> and then you said was this jim tice related or did someone tip you off like so it might have been a, a recommended book from the eye of argon and uh yeah so i had not received the book by that point in time but i i got it uh, a day or two later and uh your, your your reaction looks to be understated from everything i can tell <laughs> i i still i don't even know how to introduce it um i i guess should we give the title that doesn't even uh, really help that much in a way uh yeah sure why not Go ahead and read or it. Or should I read the description and the people can yeah. guess the title? <laughs> read the description. Okay, this the is the, the back the back cover. <laughs> I'll do what I can. The back cover read the first, is read the first uh bef- stop right before the guy's name. Uh oh, before yeah. the uh the as. Yeah, read read everything up to as. Okay. Uh well we have two tildes. Is that how you pronounce that? The... Yeah, two two tildes. That's <laughs> it starts with two tildes. <laughs> The magical world of forensic accounting comes to life as. <laughs> so yeah, I was I was hooked. Yeah, but it but it goes on. I'll skip his name and then uh, certified public accountant, forensic certified public accountant. Get used to those phrases. <laughs> and chartered global management accountant, along with the other three members of his certified public accountant team. Drew Sampson, Dina Hope, and Veronica Jackson, period. As they try to catch the cat burglar terrorist of the 64 Squares skyscraper building and help 64 Squares reconstruct the financial statements. Yeah, right? Uh, you don't sell the steak, you sell the sizzle, baby. Oh, uh, uh, Love in the Afternoon. Um, what? What is it? Uh, 
Name the book. A uh, Tale of Two Cities. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, Salman Rushdie. It's the Satanic Verses. <laughs> or Tony Tony Morrison, maybe. Nope. It's the Forensic Certified Public Accountant and the Cremated Sixty Four Squares Financial Statements <laughs> by by. So keep in mind uh, all the all the titles we read on the last one. It's written by Dwight David Thrash, CPA, FCPA, and CGMA. So just like the main character Titus Uno. Uh, he is also a certified public accountant, forensic certified public accountant, and chartered global management accountant. Yeah. Now, this, as you might imagine, is not a random house. This is not a Penguin <laughs> Classic edition. Yes, it's not. It's not hardbound in in leather that we've we pulled off our shelf and dusted it. That's been handed down for generations in our families. No, this is a this is very much a self published book on Amazon. Um, it's uh it's an it's of interesting size. It's an unconventional size. Um it sort of reminds me of like maybe the size of a, a video game like guidebook you would get. Um it, it it makes its presence felt when you hold it in your hands. It's very large. Yeah, it's uh and the uh the margins are <laughs> shall we say non-traditional. <laughs> Lauren was immediately like he double spaced it like it was a school report. <laughs> so so yeah, so it is. It is by Dwight David Thrash, CPA, FCPA, CGMA, and um, just to be clear, when you're going on the website, it is not one of the other eight books in the Titus Uno series. Um, it is not to be confused with the Forensic Certified Public Accountant and the Happy New Year's Eve Night in New York City, New York, United States of America. <laughs> it is not to be confused with the uh, Forensic Certified Public Accountant and the Halloween Identity Theft Ghost Employee. It is not to be confused with the forensic certified public accountant and the organized organic cash cows dairy farm. <laughs> All these titles reminded me of a short we did, a riff track short we did that was Behavior of Domestic Pigs in a Semi-Natural Pig Park. That had two <laughs> hyphens in the title. <laughs> Which was, again, just like rolls off the tongue. It's catchy. Water cooler conversation. What was the one we did about like the prairie chickens or whatever? That had, oh, like unto the least of these or something. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> was, wow, what is this? Is that it going to be completely a completely uh, different direction with it? Yeah, sort of about civil rights or, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the, the treating, uh, you know, homeless, homeless people. Well, no, it's about prairie chickens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, there's a lot to to get through. My my first thought, and I'm sure everyone listening who haven't read the book, those who <laughs> who have, I'm sure are just nodding and going, "You'll you'll see, you'll see." But to those who haven't read the book, your first thought, of course, is what what is is this guy real, and is he insane? Is it a guy? <laughs> is it a computer generating this, and someone's playing a prank? That's those are kind of the thoughts that went through my head. Yeah. Um, and you've done you've done a little bit of legwork in this regard. Yeah. So I did a little bit of of research just because, yeah, like you said, this is it, it has all the hallmarks where if it was like a, uh, a a guy who spends a lot of time on the something awful forums, if he did this as a as a enormous troll, um, you know, it hasn't gotten a lot of traction. If he has been doing that, these books have been out for a couple of years um, and, uh, so far they, they, they have not, you know, achieved the notoriety of your, uh, Chuck Tingle books, which are, you know, meant to be sensational. So it's a very understated, uh, troll if it is, but there is a, there is a webpage for this guy's, uh, CPA firm. Uh, there is a, uh, a Twitter account with, with, uh, thousands of, of likes on it. Um, 
there is a LinkedIn. There are uh, real estate records for the Thrashes owning property in Lufkin, Texas. Uh, his website references that he uh, often participates in uh, the uh, Rudolph the Pumping Unit what? ceremony. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, that was what one that in I the world? So uh, that that was a it was not a very good picture of it, but upon googling it, there are uh, you know the the oil drills that you see when you're driving through Texas or you know even parts of L.A. Yeah. There's those. So they they the drinking they, bird pumps. Yeah, drinking birds. They make one of those look like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. They light it up and they come and they play a holiday concert around it. Uh, so he plays like the saxophone in that or the the trombone or something. And uh, there is there is a picture of him on the back. It's uh it's a uh, like 2000 era webcam picture uh, against a, a flat background. He's not centered well and he's um, it's very low res. But that's the picture of our of our author. Well, here was the shocking thing to me. All of those things that you said still wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't put out of uh, of reach my view of him as, you know, in a you know, not a Ted Kaczynski shack, certainly. <laughs> but a, a one bedroom apartment with uh, you know, trays all over and empty bags of right. snack foods and you know, uh, a TV and a, a series of three monitors and then, uh, you know, a, a, a board with strings and yes. <laughs> pictures and things like that. Uh, so he could still, you know, he goes about his work and he does this. But here's the thing that shocked me, uh, a dedication page yes. <laughs> for my parents, Dwight A. and Wanda and my sister Delisa and her family. Thank you for your support. I love you. So this man has loved ones in yes. his life. Yes. This is the most shocking thing to me about this book. Um, yeah, did Jim Tice have a dedication? I don't remember. I don't think so because it was just part of that. Uh, yeah, uh, it was just part of the magazine. So wow. Um, uh, yeah, well, that's the, the uh, David David Dwight A. Thrash was the listing of the uh, of the property that he's that he's um, that I saw online. So if they if they're if they're Doing some sort of troll, they've done their work, they've done their homework, and you know something like that. You almost admire if it's if it's completely made up and ludicrous. You sometimes you admire it even more if you, someone has just been doing this to no avail. Yeah, I. But the thing is, so he wrote one, and uh, what was her name? De- Delisa, <laughs> Wanda, Dwight A. They all said, "Hey, yeah." You know, go, go get him, Tiger. Follow, right. follow your dream. <laughs> There's <laughs> which is so, you know it's kind of great, I guess. But yeah, but, well, or, or if it, it is a prank, they said I, I think it's funny. Keep doing it, <laughs> <laughs> which seems right. unfathomable. You, you come home from your CPA, uh, FCPA, CGMA job, which is it sounds like it might be somewhat legitimate. Like sounds like it might require you to be not insane to 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 achieve those certifications and to do the work required to do those but uh to come home from that and you know instead of going out and you know volunteering or being a member of the community you 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 sit at home and you bang out these like you said it's not a ted kaczynski guy but you you're going to read a page of this and you're going to think yeah this qualifies more as a manifesto than it does a uh um so yeah i don't know it's um it reminds me you you know rc coba yeah, I was going to say, are we are we allowed to talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> so we have a, a friend's friend's father uh, who who made a who recorded an album, sort of a he was a he was a card dealer at a at a casino or something. He but he decided he was going to record an album 
Um, and anytime a you know a guy in his in his in his probably late fifties, early sixties decides to record an album, you're like, oh, he must have been a a uh, participant in community theater, or um, he must have been the the best singer in the church choir, or something. Uh, no, <laughs> he had never sang before, and never demonstrated any interest in doing it before. And the resulting album is about as as good as you would imagine. And uh, it was the same sort of thing. He evidently uh, played it for everyone at Thanksgiving the first time he did it, and it is bad. Like it's it demonstrates. I don't. You you can look it up. I've I've posted the videos before. But he played it for his family, and uh, the the story goes that um, his brother-in-law just stood up from the table without a single word, like took his drink and walked out of the room. (laughs) Boy, that is – got to admire the balls. That is – Oh, yeah. I mean, playing that at – that is high risk, boy. Yeah, yeah, because – yeah, but 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 when, well, if you've heard it, you you realize that there's nothing you could do. You can't really encourage it. Just like this book, you couldn't say, "Hey, you know, I always knew you had one in you." Like, keep the series going. Uh, it reminds me a little bit, just in the terms of the density of words. Um, a friend of mine uh, works for an insurance company, and he and all the senior members, anyone that had a, I guess, a presence on the uh, online or something, got. And uh, a, a manifesto from some just like absolute lunatic, and it it, it was uh, it was scrawled exactly the way you'd want a lunatic to scrawl <laughs> you a manifesto. Uh, there were there was marginalia where like the words curved around the other words, <laughs> and uh, and then in between sentences he would write in all caps. Um, and and it was I we couldn't really figure out what the core of it was. It seemed to pick and choose. It was a very much okay. a, ca- a cafeteria insanity where you know was, <laughs> a little from column A through yeah, a little from uh, from each of those. And then uh, and they were they were you know frightened. They set their security team oh. to you know investigate. But then when they discovered they'd all gotten it, it was like, well, hey, come on, man. <laughs> you know? And then then they learned that it was sent to like hundreds of companies. <laughs> Wow. And they were all, it was copied, but they were all, you know, hand lettered. And then others would have a little bit of different things scribbled in at the end. Like he thought of one more thing. (laughs) Uh, So the density of words and everything reminds me of this. Like the fact that it's typed should not take away from the fact that it looks like it should be scrawled. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Scrawled like in a wall or with uh, using a bodily fluid as your, as your medium. Um, Yeah, and you know, it sounds like you know we're we might be picking on this uh, without even having read it. We've we've flipped through and you know read read like a paragraph here and there. Um, but the the Amazon reviews uh, of what what is on there are are just as unflattering, and that's sort of what what convinced me that this might be a, a good thing to do. So it appears that he did a lot of giveaways. You can do giveaways when you publish books, right? And uh, usually you say if a, if you if you receive a copy of this, I just appreciate an honest review. Well, boy, did that backfire on our man White <laughs> David Thrash, because that currently I think has a one star rating. There's only six reviews, um, but they are all pretty much people who received the book in a giveaway and hated it. So they're there's, there's subject lines like I paid nothing for this book and it was still overpriced. Uh, you have in all caps repetition ad nauseum was only the beginning, which sounds like something, you know, you would say after surviving an encounter with a with a manifesto writer who, you know, held you at gunpoint in his basement or something. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's it, people people sort of went uh, went there with their with their over the top reviews, um, which is in, encouraging to me. Uh, I don't but know. Wait a minute. Gonna... How do you. How when you do a giveaway, someone has to 
react to a giveaway like would you like a free book or something right they you're not just yeah. going to get mailed a free book so yeah. so who responds to <laughs> <laughs> who responds to a free giveaway of of this title and then secondly when you receive it in the mail who says hefts it in their hands looks again at the cover in the back and goes well it was free. I'm going to give this a try. Like, it's right. I mean, just holding it, it looks like it's not worth. You know, it is. It's like a term paper. Oh no, yeah. You you would open it up and you you would do the like the oh, uh-huh, and then you would you would throw it away immediately. Yeah. The fact that someone read it and reviewed. It. <laughs> yeah. So that that takes. I think that takes a lot of. Um, it so shows how special it is. It reminds me. So like uh, five, four, four years ago, I wrote, I, I took a Christmas story and redid it so that Scrooge had a boner the whole time. <laughs> you might remember that. Uh, I, and uh, so I put it up on Amazon just as a, as a two ninety nine ebook. I mean, it was, it's, it's a funny, it's a funny, funny work, but some guy uh, got it. I don't know what, you know, again, you, you looked at the title, which was a Christmas boner and he decided <laughs> he wanted, he wanted to get this. He bought it. And his name was Pop. Uh, that's just his Amazon reviewer name. He gave it one star. He called it a sick parody. And he the review goes thusly. This is a sick parody of the work by the 28th century writer Charles Dickens. Uh, it contains no historical insights into the period and really reminds me of little boys going out behind the bard to say bad words where their mom won't hear. Sadly, sadly I did read the whole story. <laughs> Guess I'm just pig-headed to finish something I have started. Do yourself a favor. Don't invest the time in this poor work. So I guess there are people out there that are just like, well, I'm one chapter in. Like, can't, you know, can't put it down now. Wow. That's <laughs> yeah. uh, I've only completed one such work of madness, which I did just in some ways to amuse my wife. I think I may have told you that I read uh, a, an, a biography of the uh, playwright Samuel Beckett. Because okay. we were going to Ireland at the time, and I thought, I'll read about one of the most famous Irishmen, Samuel Beckett. And it was a huge tome. It was a guy uh, who you know knew everything about him. And it followed him basically through his, the, you know, his fame day by day, because he took a lot of notes and everything. <laughs> and I was reading it, um, you know, like March, and then the next March, I was still reading it, and Bridget's like, would you stop reading it? And I just said, no, I just, I just want to finish it. Now, I was reading other books at the time, but I said, I'm right. going to finish this book. <laughs> and it just became, that was my performance art piece, where I was carrying around a giant book about Samuel Beckett. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but that i mean it was good and it was it was interesting because he was running across so many other people but at a certain point you cut your losses and right, get out. exactly yeah and people you do that with books more than anything i feel like people are willing to stick with a tv show that they're you know have three episodes left even if they're not caring for it because maybe it redeems itself you know i think that was everyone's experience with true detective too maybe they're going to turn the corner maybe something will happen that uh this will turn it around but man a book when there's uh, when there's other ones out there to read, um, but yeah. Well, fortunately, suppose... this one for people in case we're scared. This is not Samuel Beckett's biography. People, <laughs> this is a very short book. We shall I... not tarry here long. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it sort of reminds. So the the main thing I was thinking of is I there's a scene in uh, in uh, Jackass the movie to keep it highbrow mm -hmm. with uh, Samuel Samuel Beckett illusions. I saw Jackass the movie in the theater, and there's a scene where uh, they're about to pull a prank where a guy puts a uh, 
inserts a matchbox car into his butt and then goes to a doctor and classic. gets an x-ray. Classic. But the guy is sort of like, he's preparing to do this and he's sort of talking to the camera and it's like a rare moment of sort of earnestness and he sort of seems a little nervous and he's like, yeah, I was talking to my dad and I was just like, you know, dad, we've we've been doing the show for a while, but we're, you know, we're we're sort of going a bit harder these days. We're we're sort of stepping it up. And I was like, that's sort of how I feel like with these books we've been reading and elevating it to this level of uh, the forensic certified public accountant and the cremated 64 squares financial statements. This is our uh, matchbox car moment. <laughs> the, the, the regular stuff isn't working, man. I need to I need that hard stuff. Oh, uh, well, uh, come on. Tech war. Tech War was a major. We've we've yeah, we've had two giant major successful franchises turned into giant success. Well, I made Tech War <laughs> right. little asterisk next to Tech War, but it did make it to the air and run a full season. So there is that. And the other two were you know. So we've alternated. I think it's a nice refreshing <laughs> exactly, yeah. mix. This is much more along the lines of, yeah, a little amuse-bouche. We'll take just a, a couple of episodes to discuss this one. Uh, and I feel like, you know, we, we do this at Drift Tracks, too. We have movies that are uh, different kinds of bad. Um, and I think this is going to be a lot closer to, like, a, a roller gator type of bad. A, uh, I mean, what else falls into well, this? Well, since it's short, I would call it a Petaluma chicken bad, kind <laughs> of, which is going way back. <laughs> sure that's yeah that that, that works in, in inscrutable no one knows what the what what it was for who made it or what the audience was but you sort of just sit back and and relish in the fact that someone brought it into existence yeah well as with all bad movies and projects like a roller gator or something like that or plan nine i mean part of the fun for everyone is the who made this for what possible godly reason could they do this um, and so I think it's good to know, kind of like watching the room, you know, what's the deal? Is this, is this real? You know, that puzzle is part of the yeah. enjoyment, obviously. And it's good to know, at least we strongly suspect that this is not a prank because that would be, that would be an odd thing to do. <laughs> very, very strange. <laughs> so and, it's, and you know, it is earnest. It is, it seems to be real. So that helps a lot as you read it, I think. <laughs> You know, the guy has a has a Twitter account, um, which is uh, at, I think, CPA, uh, CPA, FCPA. Um, mostly, it seems like he's been uh, retweeting pictures of uh, Texas area cheerleaders. You got the what? Uh, Houston, what? Houston Texans cheerleaders. This is a the, new wrinkle. <laughs> yes. You've got the uh, the Dallas North Stars Ice Girls. You've got the Baylor cheerleaders. Um, Are there comments on these? No, he just. Straight up retweeting them, um, and that's, uh, you know, <laughs> that's uh, you, sc you scroll down far enough, and it's like, hey, I just released this book. Enter this giveaway. He's um, he's a fan of Sarah McLachlan. He was trying to win tickets to her concert when she came to town. So that's a that's a weird outlier. There's horny cheerleader pick, horny cheerleader pick. Sarah McLachlan, Tuesday, September 18th, horny cheerleader pick. Uh, um, Dwight, Dwight, what would Dwight <laughs> A. and Wanda think of your behavior? Yes. You watch yourself, young man. What is his sister's name? Delicious. To, to Lisa and her family. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, it, sure, you know, whatever floats your boat, man. You can't, you know, you do a long, hard work of uh, FCPAing, and you're going to want to come home and, and kick back. FCPAing, by the way, forensic accounting. Yeah. Specialty practice area of accounting that describes engagements that result from actual or anticipated disputes or litigation. 
Hmm, I don't know what that means, what you just no, said. That is ipsum lorem text, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> forensic means suitable for use in court, and it is to that standard and potential outcome that forensics accountants generally have to work. Oh, I thought it was just, I, I assumed it was just past, account, you know, I, I thought it was like digging up older stuff, like cold case forensic files or something. <laughs> I think we have a lot to learn, and I think that uh, this is going to be the book that probably teaches it for us. It's like uh, this is something that the FCPA, you know, trade group probably passes out being like, if any of your friends ask what you do, you can hand them this book, and and they'll never ask you that question again. Yeah. Uh, I did note as I was going back to look at his sister's name and everything, a bit of, I'm sure everyone noticed this, a bit of verisimilitude in the fact that there is no wife mentioned. So so that does lend credence to the whole Dwight is real theory uh another thing that's interesting about his twitter account i mean he follows <laughs> he follow well he follows 48.5 thousand people uh and he has 43.2 thousand followers which i think is you know it's comparable to what you had before you quit twitter <laughs> wow and so uh, you know, wait he follows 43,000 48,000 people Yes, and m- many of them appear to be <laughs> professional athlete cheerleaders. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, but you know, you can you can go online and uh, with with fifteen dollars, I'm sure, buy uh, forty three thousand fake followers. So that's not something worth uh, looking into. I think the true test here is going to be the uh, the paperback version of uh, sixty four squares financial statements. Uh, is currently at uh, one one million four hundred eighty thousand on the Amazon book chart. And so we're interested to see if it gets that 372 pages bump. Oh, well, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it's already got the bump from the two, <laughs> two yes, that we yeah. just bought. Yeah, it probably more than tripled the uh, yearly sales. And then the Kindle one is at 831,000. So you can get it on Kindle. I, I can't see how much. Oh, it's, 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 you know, it's a little less expensive than the. Uh, yeah, I noted the that the Kindle was not a bargain. And that seemed, I, that seemed a real ripoff. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you can get it on Matchbook for $2.99 if you buy the paperback. So that might be the way to go. But I, I'm looking forward to scrawling in this book and making some notes uh that make it look even more like a manifesto than it currently does um so wait wait a minute this was the first in the series right first series of eight yeah well this was published in 17 october 2018 is that just the printing date uh this said no it was published in uh september of 2016 oh okay well on back page Oh yeah, that might be the. Uh, oh, it was just printed off. Oh, it's printed. Printed print on demand. It's printed on demand. I got you. It's, okay. It's definitely through Create Space. Um, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, so still, that's uh, that's that's eight books, heavy quotes in uh, in two and a half years. So you know, more power to him. I assume that he has a a macro for some of the phrases that will be coming up a lot in this book. Yep, there's uh you're going to see the the job titles. I, I imagine there's Control F, but that'll be interesting to see. I mean, Control V. It'll be interesting to see if any of those have you know the abundant misspellings and punctuation uh, errors we've already noticed. So that would be the the proof in that pudding. Uh, it would be fantastic if he was misspelling these titles because that would mean he was typing them in every single time. Uh, theoretical question here: What do you think? Let, let's think this out right in front of our listeners. This would be the first potential guy who could actually be on the program with us. <laughs> yes. Your your thoughts? Did that, that I'm sure that has entered your mind. Well, what, what mean, is the ethical considerations there? <laughs> well, you know, so I've you know I've put books up on Amazon. Um, 
you you I guess you subject yourself to the idea that people are going to discover them and uh, and not like them. And you know, I don't think we need to be uh, we need don't need to be over the top in our in our dislike of it. But I, I think that it's very apparent that from page one that this is not a good book. Um, <laughs> I don't. I didn't think you had to even open the book to know that. <laughs> and it's just going to be a question of you know uh, how it came into play. Is there an actual plot here about the cremated uh, sixty-four squares financial statements that could be intriguing once you strip away the uh, repeated uh, job titles and, um, and, uh, and 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 co-workers and all that stuff that we seem to have noticed already. So uh, you know we of course are open-minded and we're of course. Uh, Willing to, uh, you know, the, the story is part of the hook, I think, as far as I'm concerned. So the fact that he is alive and is probably going to notice that he's going to sell more copies this week than he has in his lifetime. Um, uh, if he looks into that, that'll be uh, we'll be happy to explain to him why we're doing that. And uh, so you're not shutting the door on a special special edition with the author explaining his work. Oh, I'll set up a, a, a burner Skype account and uh, take <laughs> take pains to, that my personal information is nowhere online, lest I get ma- mailed a, 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 a feces written manifesto. But yeah, sure, why not? We'll see. That'll be a that'll be in this preview episode. That'll be we're we're opening the door. Smash cut to next year as Connor's playing bass in front of that uh, oil. <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer oil well. Blank expression. <laughs> Delissa is, uh, is 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 making me drink something every half hour that, you know, that she won't she won't let anyone know what's in it. it um, oh man! Yeah, so all right, yeah, well. so we enter into the breach once more. Yeah, this is exciting. Wow, I I think he, I think we're gonna get him. I think we're gonna get him on the air. I have... Okay. Uh, uh, do we have an assignment for people? Yeah. So we're gonna read. I think we can divide this into thirds. We can read through chapter uh, six this time. It's thirty-five pages of this book. I don't think it'll. It shouldn't take long, but it might take a long time because there's lots here to parse out. So read through chapter six. Um, the uh, folks on our Patreon are getting this information earlier, so they're going to be the initial bump to the uh, to the sales figures. Uh, Patreon.com slash 372 pages. Um, they, uh, they have recently listened to our breakdown of the Tech War movie, um, which we did. Uh, it's a Patreon uh, episode, and uh, they won a copy. Uh, we had a guy named Jordan win my copy of Tech War, which I signed with all my notes in it and sent off to him. Um, so hopefully we can do that with the, these copies since you actually got one this time. Yeah. If my uh, tech war ever comes in, I, <laughs> I, I'm happy to sign that <laughs> give away on Patreon, but I, right. I'm, I'm starting, my doubts are, uh, although, uh, the, my previous, the place that I lived, um, my landlord who moved in there has been gone for quite some time. So it's possible huh. it's, it's sitting on a, uh, sitting on his deck for months. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it so. is frozen. It is a tech warsicle at this point in time. Yes. Um, and yeah, what, well, you wanted to wish a uh, speedy recovery to Xander Lambs, who is a uh, 17-year-old listener of us. He, uh, he, we, we got a note about him. He found out he had, uh, I think, leukemia last year. It was the day we released A Talking Cat, which he enjoyed despite that bad news. But he's gone into remission. And uh, his dad does not credit the uh, 372 pages they listened to on the way to the hospital and back. But uh, he says there's a chance it helped. So um, oh, nice. a speedy recovery to you, Xander. Uh, we're glad you're doing well and glad you're listening. Um, it's nice to hear that you're um, on the road to recovery. 
Yes, indeed. And, um, you know, take a look at this book and see whether that's going to help or... <laughs> yeah, really. We bear no responsibility on this one. Uh, fantastic. All right. Well, um, All right. I, I hope that what we just said makes any kind of sense to anyone. You kind of have to, you know, just go on the website. You'll, you can uh, take a look at the book and get it. It's, I think it's going to be a worthwhile ride. Yes, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to go get my teeth drilled in a half an hour, and I think that might be a uh, more positive experience when I than when I read the book later today. Yeah, it's a it's a uh, barn burner of a day for the 372 hosts <laughs> because uh, yeah, I'm getting the insurance exam checkup where they take multiple uh, uh, samples of your blood and other fluids and give you an EKG, and it's 29 below out. So. Well, save some of those fluids in case you need to write any manifestos in the uh, next couple of months. <laughs> oh, I've I've always got them uh, in bags, stapled to my wall and labeled. <laughs> All, All right, right. Well, yeah, we can weigh in next time about which was a more pleasant experience. Um, but All right. Uh, thanks, everyone. This thanks. has been 372, and we look forward to CPA, etc. 